I think the important part with this sort of stuff is it doesn't matter how much you have to start with. Again, it just forces you and you start to see the accounts growing and then as you can, you start putting more and more into it until you get to a point where you know your numbers, you know what salary, you know what you were, you start putting an appropriate salary away, your taxes away, all those types like just keep growing. I think the Kaizen effect and that's about breaking things down into small tasks rather than trying to reach for the, the end goal. And that's the way I look at profit first, like just start. Growing a successful trades business isn't about you being the best on the tools. It's about how you profit, plan, prepare and prosper so you can create a business that supports you and your family. Welcome to Profit First for Tradies. I am your host, Katie Krismali Marshall, and this is the podcast for tradies who are ready to transform their business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. Let's dive in. Welcome, Dwayne. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I will hand it straight over to you for you to do an intro for yourself to my lovely listeners. Awesome. Thanks very much for having me, Kate. It's, I love what you're doing. Thank you. My name is Dwayne Pierce. I run a very successful building business called Deep Pierce Constructions. It hasn't always been successful. It's been successful in a few ways, but not I know it hasn't always been a well of a machine. So because of that, that's led me into other business ventures. So yeah, we met my wife and I now have a software called Quotes, which helps builders and traders do all their estimating and stuff. I have a coaching mentoring business called Live Like Build, where we help builders across Australia and New Zealand run better building businesses. I have a podcast called Level Up with Dwayne Pierce. So basically, I'm on a mission to create, what do I say? I'm on a mission to create a new building industry. Awesome. And you also like old cars. I'm a... Bit of a red-fed bogan from way back. I do love my cars and motorbikes. I don't see anything with a motor, really. I think that's why we get along. Me too. Awesome. So I'd love to know when you come across Profit First and a bit about what the business was like prior to Profit First and then once you started to implement, what changes did you see? Finance has never been my strong point. I actually think it's Finance and numbers is something that should be absolutely compulsory in school business. About business and numbers and things, but one thing I've always been very good at is I've engaged people in my business to do the things that I don't know how to do. So way back when I had a bookkeeper I brought into my business, used her for a few years, got my business got too big for her. She introduced me to another lady, which Sharon, which is now she's now been with me for eighteen years. Oh wow. She's a chartered accountant. Her and her husband actually have a very successful accounting business, but she just loves us. She loves the consistency. So she does two days a week in our business. So I've been very lucky in having like that sort of person sitting beside me on a regular basis. But we always sort of butted heads. Like the way she would explain numbers to me and the way I understood numbers were like she used to be constantly saying to me, You're not allowing enough. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'd be like, No, I'm making good money. Like it's all good. Like, and it was like this roller coaster ride. And anyway, through her learning how I work and how I understood numbers and her teaching me how accounting and that sort of stuff work. We were sort of starting to do, like we we had multiple accounts for all different things and it was going, well, I thought it was going quite well. I'm not sure how, but I, actually, I think he, he actually reached out. I thought across Shaw Van Dyke, profit first for contractors in the States. Yep. And he, like this, I don't know how long ago this was, for him. Five, six years ago, like he had just sort of started putting himself out there and just released his book. He was liking a lot of stuff I was doing on my socials. And we ended up reaching out to each other. I ended up going on his podcast. And then I read his book and 
it was complete like we just it went next level so what i thought was good we added some structure we had different evading counts but just doing it the proper first way was a massive i think it didn't only change my business it changed our life and that's something that we hear so often but one thing i like there is that the key was that you sought out help and you found somebody who knew what they were doing in that area to help you out yeah look we still do it i think it's the key in any successful business i think you um you need to spend some time figuring out what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then, yeah, employing people around you or employing the services of people, like people reaching out to people like yourselves. I think so many trades and builders, well, I, look, I can talk all day and worry about this, so, but um, I feel like, and, and this is all businesses, I think, like you're chasing your tail and you just keep thinking, oh, when I get to a certain amount or when I get enough money, I'll employ the next person or, or whatever it may be, or I'll go and see an accountant or I'll go and see a lawyer, whatever it may be. Whereas, like, we're really big on teaching people to do it the other way around. Like, you really need to understand your numbers, dive in deep, figure out the roles, responsibilities, tasks, everything you all the, that you play in your business, and figure out your overhead costs and allow an overhead cost to bring someone into your business. So you've actually got the money in your business first before you employ them, and it takes the stress away. And then, like, before you know it, you've got the funds in the business. You bought someone in, you're paying them, and like your business has skyrocketed because you're not focusing on stuff that doesn't interest you, that you're not good at, and you're actually engaging people that can take care of all the other stuff for you. And I think what I've found anyway is that there's this magic, when this happens, then I can do this. When I get this big job, when I get this contract, when I, you know, the market improves, whatever, when this magical thing happens and everything else is just going to like magically fix itself and we know that not to be true (laughs) and what I've seen over the years and I'd love to know your thoughts on this as well is that trades and and builders will run themselves into the ground both physically and mentally and also financially before this magical thing happens we need to stop that (laughs) which is what both Various yeah. ways. I, I did it multiple times. Like I was that guy that just... So to give to you a little bit of a background, like I've, I've always been very driven. I jump in head first and I, I push very hard. So I didn't finish my apprenticeship. I got into business very young. Like I think I was 20, just turned 23, I think, when I set up my... I had a cut subcontract carpentry business. Yeah. And basically from 23 in um, up until my early 30s, like we became the largest subcontract carpentry business in Queensland. Uh, we had 40 or 50 carvers. So I was calling 20 years ago. So 10 to 20 years ago. And I was making incredible money at the time, but I, I didn't know how to manage it. I didn't know how to work it. And so I, I'm that guy. Like I'm that guy that just didn't understand things, didn't take responsibility, didn't take ownership, was too busy wanting the new truck or the new boat or the jet ski or the fishing gear, whatever it may be, yeah. instead of investing some money in myself and the services of other people like like you and it's a horrible cycle to get into and it's one thing that i really a lot of people say look it's all right for you to sit there and say what you say but i've been like i tell people now like you can't make excuses because i've been there and done it all like you will never you can't have excuses that i haven't been through because i've never nearly been broke multiple times i've had to borrow money on a family to at one point when we got real like that was a big turning point like getting so low yeah Going from like earning millions of dollars and having a lot of assets 
to the not understanding how to run a business and nearly losing it all to a point where we had to borrow money or family member to survive. Hey. For me, I was like, this can't happen again. Like something's got to change. So, and there, that's all been part of the journey, learning and figuring out profit first and stuff. But I think, I think the best thing with profit first is it forces you. Like if you, like obviously you've got to hide. <laughs> you've got to be committed. And I think this is the other hard part. You and I have talked about this before. Like a lot of people will butt heads with their accounts because the accounts like, oh, it's too many accounts to manage and it's going to be too many fees and we've got to reconcile this and blah, 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 blah. But like from my point of view, I can't have enough bank accounts and it just forces you to solo money where the money needs to go. And yeah, one thing that really gets under my skin these days is like I see all these younger traders and builders drive around with their new jewel cabs and their thirty and forty thousand dollar builders trailers and all the latest and greatest tools and yet they're not spending any time, money and energy on themselves and engaging with people like you. Making money is the easy part. Plenty of people can make plenty of money. It's the keeping it that is the key and as you say if you don't invest in yourself and your business it's not going to work and I like you when I first started my bookkeeping business my parents had their own business I was never going to be self-employed then I did promise myself I wouldn't be like everybody else a couple of years into it I was like oh this sucks people owe me money I hated it I was everything that everybody else had been and that I promised myself I wouldn't and then that's when I went looking that's when I found profit first so like you, I come from that place of knowing where you're like, oh shit, I've got this business that it's not super fun. And for me, I realized I couldn't go back to work for somebody else. I was never going to be a good employee again. I'd been self-employed for a couple of years and I liked the variety and I liked the freedom. And so I had to be like, oh, I need to find a solution. And again, that's when I come across profit first. But yeah, it always concerns me when I talk to people initially and they t- they lead with how much they're turning over. As soon as they do that, I know they have absolutely no idea how much money they're making because that's to them, that's the most important metric. And it's like, that's important, but we want to know how much you're keeping and Profit First definitely helps you do that. From a consistency point of view, because this is something that comes up often, when you started using Profit First, did you then stick to it consistently? from then till now or do you have times where you would drop off a little bit no it's a set thing now and we like i said we've definitely branched out for more than the profit first so we've got we've got a bank account for just sitting aside for future if there's ever any future defects on projects we've got a investment account like we, uh, i couldn't even tell you top man i think got like a 10 or 11 accounts but for me i think the important part with this sort of stuff is it doesn't matter how much you have to start with so even just setting up your accounts and even if you can only afford to pay yourself a certain amount but making sure you've got your tax put away like number one like pay what you need to pay in taxes gst and those type of things but starting that ball rolling and and putting some amount into an account and then again it just forces you and you start to see the accounts growing and then as you can you start putting more and more into it until you get to a point where you know your numbers you know what salary you know what you were you start putting an appropriate salary away your taxes away all those stuff. like just keep growing i think like so many people we actually did a session without we have like bill members the other day about the um kaizen effect and that's about breaking things down into small 
tasks rather than like trying to reach for the the end goal. And that's the way I look at private first. Like just start. Like like you don't have to realize that you're you're not making the money you need to be making, and you have to put a certain amount in account. Like just start doing it. But um, just to go back on something you you touched on before. I feel like what makes things so difficult, and like I, I focus on the building industry because that's my passions where I am. But I'm sure it's the same for all industries. But I feel like in the building industry, it is so hard. Well, it feels so hard for people to break the mold, mold, and do something different. Because as apprentices and tradies, you're taught by people that have no idea and have been doing things the wrong way. They were taught by people doing things the wrong way. And then you become a trader and you start your own business and you're, you're hanging around so many people that are doing things the wrong way. Hmm. And I know myself, like I used to ask for advice all the time from builders that I looked up to or traders that I looked up to or clients that I was working for. And so many times I was just saying, I was just like, if that, like, that's just how it is, like, you just need to harden up and deal with it. Mm. But it doesn't, like, there's plenty, like I said, there's plenty of people like yourself that are doing good things, like, people just need to reach out and take your services. And that's something that frustrates me most. It's like, oh, but we've always done it that way. Or, like, that's how my boss taught me when I was an apprentice, or that's how I saw my boss run his business when I was an apprentice. And I'm like, that was great, but you're not the apprentice anymore and it's not this and oh my boss did all right like he did well for himself it's like yeah but it's a different time now we can't run our businesses how they run their businesses even five years ago 10 20 years ago like we have to change and we have to progress otherwise we are constantly sitting around talking about how business sucks and how cash flow sucks and how it's all doom and gloom and I'm like absolutely that is the case in so many situations, but there are solutions, but we have to be willing to put our hand up and be like, this isn't working. And as you say, asking the right people for help and sometimes what it looks like they may be successful on the outside, as you say, because they've got the nice ute and the nice boat and all those things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they actually know their numbers and they've actually got cash in the bank. It just means that they've probably got a lot of debt and Whilst some debt is good if it's got the correct purpose, if we can delay bad debt, that would be helpful. So, so helpful. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Profit First for Tradies. If you want more, head over to profitfirstfortradies.com.au for the show notes and the links to today's free resources. And if you'd like to learn how to become a permanently profitable tradie and eliminate your cash flow problems, join us in the Profit First for Tradies Facebook group where I share tips, resources, and trainings so you can save time, save money, and save your sanity. You can learn more over at profitfirstfortradies.com.au. Catch you next time on the Profit First for Tradies podcast.